Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 12 of the Brew Dog News Podcast. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Are you, are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> right, okay. uh, What's that? Right. Go to hangers, it's fine. Yeah. Keep going. Try that again. Hello everyone and welcome along to episode 13 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This is actually part 2 of the huge Blueprint podcast that we recorded on the 23rd of October 2018. If you've not listened to episode 12 yet, please listen to that one first, else much of what you are about to hear will make no sense at all. Quick reminder, we need your support. Please visit patreon.com forward slash brewdognews for a really cool way to help us. On this episode, we round up the blueprint discussions, Emma goes to Canary Wharf and Andrew has to confess to James Watt, in person, that he slagged off his typewriter. Bruce, you here? I'm here. I'm still Andrew, here. are you here? Still here. Emma, are you here? Oui. Excellent. Well, let's get and play the theme music. Sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stance. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. What I love most about your company is the passionate, talented, massively hardworking bunch of people that you have. James Watt, Martin Dickey, this is diabolical. Absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, Blue Dog News Podcast. It's Blackie BFL Melder again. Right, we're back uh, after a couple of days away, kind of, sort of, magic of radio and all that. Uh, Andrew, are you still well? Just about, yeah. Uh, Bruce, are you still well? I'm fantastic. Still still bronzed from a holiday. Excellent. Emma, are you still well? I'm great, thank you for asking. And how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. She seems to have gone a little bit Spanish there. That's uh, with a Mexican hint. Very strange. Anyway, speaking of Emma, um, this isn't a voicemail, uh, but this is uh, an interview that Bruce did with Emma. She was at Canary Wharf for uh, the EFP launch night. Uh, I was off giving blood, so Bruce stepped in for me. And uh, yeah, Bruce, let's just uh, play in this with you and Emma. Yep. Hi, Bruce. Emma, how are you? Hi. I can imagine, I can imagine. Now, I've got you... <laughs> now, you are somewhere special, aren't you? I am. I'm at the beautiful new bar in Canary Wharf. Ooh. It's um, very busy. It's the EFP opening night tonight. But, yeah, it's a beautiful building. Is it? Um, yeah, so it's a five-minute walk from Canary Wharf tube station. And as you're walking around, especially at night time... Uh, the sort of the area where it is, there's all these um, different coloured lights outside of the Brewdog building. So Lovely. that got me excited straight away. And then I've come in and it's such a good atmosphere. So as you walk up the steps, uh, before you go into the main doors, there's this lovely outdoor area um, at the front. And it's really cool. It's got a, a beer vending machine. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so it's got Brewdog headliners in at the moment. Um, but, yeah, really cool space, just to chill outside and the smoking area. So I'm Excellent. hiding in the corner there at the moment. Superb, um, superb. As, 
and the then the bar is a really homely vibe actually. It, it does feel slightly different to I was gonna, I was gonna ask that. Bar. Is it is it the usual design? Is it the usual Brudog design, or is it slightly different to what you're used to? I think there's a lot of aspects are, are very similar to mm. the current bars, but then there's um, I was talking to Cam actually, and a few other people have commented. It feels a bit more like a restaurant Does than it? a bar. Yes. So um, if you walk in on the left hand side, there's this lovely sort of cosy area that's got the normal tables so they're exactly the same um but the seats are different so they're not the usual red or the blue ones they almost look like chesterfield chesterfield sofas but they're 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 actual sort of seats um and then it's got wood paneling there as well which i've never seen in a brew dog no no that's quite different Yeah, so not really the industrial feel that you normally get on that side. So more of a kind of a homely kind of living room type style. Yes, definitely. And then you walk around and you've got the bar in the centre and then you follow the bar. It's almost like a curve. And then you follow the bar around to the left and there must be a good 25 booths there. Wow. Um, and that, that, I think that part definitely feels like a more of a restaurant setup, but still doesn't lose the charm of a bar. So it doesn't feel clinical and like no, you're no. sort of sitting down and going to be rushed out any minute. It's still, yeah, it's definitely homely and a cosy vibe, which, oh, that's which, nice. is, which is good. And do you, think, do you think that bar will be a hubbub for office workers or is it a, week, a weekend drinkers or is it the typical crowd or is it a different crowd that you, you'd expect there? I think it will be very similar to Tower Hill, actually. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have been, I've been talking to one of the bar staff, Abby, who I know quite well from She's at Brighton, and she's had so many customers that are here tonight as recent shareholders that are working with her. I've got HSBC. So I can literally walk 60 seconds and I'm at some of the biggest banks in the world. I know where you so, are. So, yeah. So it's, Excellent. What time did you arrive? Got here, got here about 6.30. All right, okay. So you've been here for about an hour and a half. An hour and now. a half. And have you tried anything decent? So David, uh, the MD of retail and the bars, did the toast today. So we had five and up. So I've had a little, little sip of that. Okay. So um, some of it's quite exciting, actually, that they've not been in any of the bars before and fits the area really well. Is they've got a thing called the Hop Exchange. Hop Exchange, okay. Yeah, so they are going to have a tap dedicated to Cybernaut, I believe, and it's linked to the FTSE 100. Oh, really? Yeah, it depends <laughs> on the stock exchange and the fluctuations there depends on uh, what you pay for your price. Nice. <laughs> so ho- hopefully the, the, the worse the stock exchange does, the better it is for us to, to buy drinks. Yeah. And did you check out the what, what you get for food? I mean, did is is your favourite there? Is the the one and only? I was going to see. I was going to see. I was going to see. I was going to see buffalo, but there's actually the cauliflower wings. But no, I'm just going to pipe in in a minute. But no, is there buffalo cauliflower? Well, you haven't got Andrew here to shout at you. No, that's fine. Wings, so just as well. We can say wings. It's yeah. fine. Just wind him up. Oh, I love the cauliflower wings. <laughs> So, yeah, it's the normal menu, I believe, the normal food menu. Cool. Listen, I'm not going to hold you much longer. I think we've kind of covered a, a wee bit. Is, is there anything else you want to add about the bar? No, I think 
No, I think... Um, You've got drinking to be doing. Exactly. It's a club fest today and there's lots of beers for me to get through. No, you can, you can enjoy yourself and we'll, uh, All right. we'll catch up with you later. Enjoy. Yeah, speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Take Bye. care. Bye. Excellent. Emma, that really appreciate Thank you, Bruce, for recording that. Emma, thank you for recording that. Um, Canary Wharf was wonderful. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you, Emma. There we go. <laughs> are we going to check it out when we're down there? Yeah. Right. Definitely. Are we, we going to bump it down to when we're down there? Uh, no, because he's going to be in Ireland at the rugby. <laughs> yes. One thing that has been talked about a lot uh, at Canary Wharf is the ability to pay with uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, and in this case, this is Bitcoin Cash. Um, if anybody's interested in that, it's quite a detailed discussion going on. Uh, if you just do a little search for Bitcoin on the forum, you'll find a big long thread where people far more intellectual than me are discussing the pros and cons of that. Um, the nice thing is the question I had about it was uh, simply... You know, are, are Brewdog going to be sitting on Bitcoin? And the answer is no. They, they, as soon as the Bitcoin payments made, they convert it into sterling as normal. So, so um, it's only it's only the same as using sort of a contactless card or something like that. So I take it it'll be just a case of this is the price of the beer, as in seven pound twenty or whatever it is for a pint down down there, and probably ten or now, ten or now, right? Yeah. And you pay with your Bitcoin, right? And you pay the the equivalent values. It's not going to be zero point zero 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 one two six Bitcoin for a for a pint. No, yes, it is. Yeah, that's that is how it'll work. In in reality, yeah, you'll pay the exchange rate. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so you go into your app, pay whatever the equivalent of ten pounds a pint is, and it'll do the conversion and send it off. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, let's jump back into the blueprint. Uh, moving on to the it's a bit of a smaller section. This one section, you'll be glad to know uh, the bars section. Mm-hmm. Uh, upcoming bars, lots of talk of new bars and approximate dates to run through here. Um, I think we'll save that for another episode. But the um, probably the most interesting one that caught my eye on there was that the outpost in Paris. Now outpost, if you remember, with Tower Hill and Itawan, that is the name that they use for the larger pubs where they also brew in them as well. Outpost Paris uh, has been announced and is anticipated that it's going to be late 2019 by the looks of it. I think that one's going to be a really big deal somehow. It's not just another bar. The Paris one. Mm-hmm. There's going to be two in Paris, though. <laughs> is it? This uh, chat, yeah, that's. I think that was in the blueprint that there's going to be t- there's just a regular bar and then an outpost in the works. I think... The issues they've faced in Paris over the last few years means believe it when you see it, but the the team seem a lot more confident in this one than in the past. Yeah, excellent. Um, free beer schools for everyone. Um, this one Hooray. is... Yeah, I quite like this. this. Yeah, the, this, I mean, this is a, James said himself, this is a straight-up loss leader for Brewdog. They're going to be giving completely free beer schools from January. Four, beer, four beers uh, and a talk through them by a Cicerone-qualified team member... Um, what is there to say? I mean, it's just a great idea. There's loads of people I would love to say, hey, go along to Brewdog on this day. You're going to get some free beers. You're going to get them talked through. You're going to enjoy yourself. It's going to be a good experience. So, yeah. Yeah, I paid for this. I paid for this um, three years ago and yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a great way to learn about the beers and, and to, to hear the passion which the staff taught about yeah. them and, and ways that most people who would never touch this world, uh, you know, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's just and, great. And... And I don't know if it's much much of a loss leader. Well, it obviously is a loss leader, but I ended up buying 
quite a fair bit of drink after it. You know, because yeah. you're there, you're, you end up staying there, you end up buying beers, you take some beers home, you, you, you probably put your hand in your pocket a little bit more than you probably would have. Yeah, fair point. It's almost like you thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, a friend of the show, Tom Aitken, he mentioned in the last episode that uh, he was talking about his idea for the guest lines, if you remember. All Brewdog bars will have two guest lines added that are exclusively for local brews. Mm. Um, and this will all be in, apparently, in every bar before Christmas, according to the blueprint. So that's quite a win. It's going to be good. Some bars have done this already. So Bristol is known for having a guaranteed local guest line so hopefully they'll have three because bristol's beer scene is phenomenal is and i think we found with collab fests you know it was your criticism rob i think some of the bars actually have a shortage of taps these days because there's so much good beer out there so yeah this can only be a positive agreed uh, now on a slightly negative note brewdog are not well known for being the fastest payers of their bills in the industry uh, i don't think they're very apologetic for that as well i think it's very much part of their strategy as they grow um, but it's great to see that they're nailing their uh, colours to the mast on this one uh, with the idea that um, for their breweries, at least, that they buy beer from, BrewDog will be paying them on time. Uh, it's a great move, and I'm glad to hear the steps being taken to resolve this one. Uh, Andrew, I suspect you've got thoughts on this. Yeah, not just on time. They're moving to seven-day payment terms for local breweries and guest breweries with immediate effect, which is, is really good to see. I think cash is king. And most accountancy teams will try and stretch out payment days and payment terms as long as possible. So at the same time, it's good for BrewDog to to stand up for the little guys on this one. Probably they need to roll out a bit further. I know James got into his Twitter spat with uh, Matthew Curtis uh, about the whole Beavertown debacle when we were doing maybe episode four or five and the retort from Matthew was, well, you could always pay my invoice, which was disappointing to see. (laughs) So... You know, there's because uh, he done some consulting or something, some judging, I think, for the Beer Geek Awards. So they could be better, not just with local breweries, but that's a good thing to do because the guest beer they're buying from most of the other breweries is from much smaller outfits. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, and uh, last thing in this bar section, uh, they're bringing more festivals in 2019. They didn't go into too much detail, but I remember at the Q&A, James did mention... Uh, things like a barrel-aged beer festival uh, might be on its way. So, <laughs> I felt when he said that at the time that there would be some staff back in HQ going, he said what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of those, um, James made it up on the fly, so it's now the plan. Yeah, brilliant. We'll see. Uh, right, before we dive into the final section of the blueprint, the blueprint uh, let's take a second to talk about EFP5, which is now closed. 26.2 million Stunning. raised in a year. Stunning. 90,000, over 90,000 EFPs now. Um, I mean, the numbers are just mind-boggling. We've said it too many times before, but it's uh, it's just kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to get Neil Fletcher on because he is a man who knows what he's talking about when it comes to BrewDog shares. Right, on the phone is uh, the one and only Mr. Neil Fletcher. Neil, how are you today, sir? Uh, I've had a very busy day today. <laughs> yeah, with uh, James announcing a, a potential trading day coming up in the near future, so it's uh, had to change my plans quite a bit today. Yeah, that's quite an interesting one. Before we get into that, um, let the folks know. Uh, well, we've already mentioned your name, whereabouts you're based, and uh, when you became an investor in EFP. 
Well, I'm based in Manchester now, uh, which is not too far away from Stoke, my hometown. Uh, but I did spend most of my life in Aberdeen for nearly 30 years. Um, I, we invested, my southern partner invested in Brewdog back in 2009, I think our check was cashed. Uh, and it was right at the start. Um, and we put that uh, piece of paper away in a drawer for about five years. And then when we started digging interest, we found out it had done rather well. <laughs> Yeah, I would say. Um, I think I think you're all, apart from um, staff members. I think you're probably the earliest EFP investor that we've had on the podcast so far. So, well, well, well done on spotting that back in the day. Yeah, I bet you had absolutely no idea at all that it was going to go the way it went. Not at all. I mean, I, I, I we were thought we were investors who knew what we were doing. I used to chair the pension fund for the North East Scotland, the Grampian region. Uh, so I'd been trained up on private equity and I knew what it was all about. And we made a conscious decision to put, uh, you know, not a small amount of money, certainly quite a big amount of money for us uh, into a new start company in the hope that after about five years, we might double our investment. Uh, it's gone a little bit better than that. Yeah, excellent. Well, speaking of people who've put a bit of money in, uh, EFP5 just closed. Um, mm-hmm. 90, over 90,000 investors in this round, well, in total now, should I say. 26.2 million raised in this round. It's a staggering figure. I mean, I can't, I mean, <clears throat> I just can't wrap my head around it that so many people have put so much money in. Um, I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, the, the other interesting thing is, well, it's not everybody buying two shares. Uh, there's a, the average investment, I think, over £500. And with the, the large number of people buying two shares of the investment that we know of, it means that quite a lot of people have put a serious amount of money in, in the, at £23.75 per share, which is a very, very good news yeah. for the company and for the early investors. Do you think they're gambling, or do you think that they really have done the maths and looked at it and gone, yep, let's just go for this, this is going to work? Now, this is very important that I say that, of course it's gambling. Private equity is nothing but gambling. You cannot estimate the value of an asset that is private equity. It is not possible. You need to do the calculations to give yourself a certain amount of, uh, you know, give yourself a knowledge of what is going on there. But in private equity, you are investing in potential, and there's no way you can put a price on that. Yeah. Um, Now, we did hint at it there, James. um, Yeah, he's announced a trading day coming up, which we knew was coming. We didn't know when it Mm -hmm. would be. Yeah, so that's an opportunity if folk don't know. Um, You can't normally trade your shares, um, officially speaking. Um, So that's a day when you can actually um, get involved and do that. And it's in the past, it's been a bit chaotic. The um, computer systems haven't really been able to cope and everything. So I'm quite sure they're going to be making a totally different approach to it this time. Okay. Uh, what I want to correct you on there, Rob, is that you can actually trade the shares at any time. Brewdog uh, allow people to buy and sell the shares uh, pretty much freely. The difficulty is it's, it's a quite complex process. Uh, before I started doing it, it took me a long time to find out uh, how to do it and to make sure not just that I did the paperwork right, but I also knew my tax implications, which are very big. People need to realize that a private equity investment is not like buying a, a jumper or something. It's, it's a serious piece of uh, asset that the government has quite rightly got strong regulations about how you trade in it and what your responsibilities are. So uh, a shareholding is, is, is a serious piece of uh, investment and you have to know what you're doing. A trading day, of course, makes it a lot easier for people. Uh, however, even if you sell on a trading day quite easily, you still need to make sure you know your personal tax liabilities because they can be quite high if you're not ready for, if you're not prepared for it. Yeah, that's interesting because I would imagine that there's a big chunk of people out there who've not thought about that side of this at all. 
they've just invested and gone, yeah, this is an opportunity to invest in the company and not thought about how, you know, what did maybe need to do a tax return now, you know, and things like that. That's right. I mean, the thing to say is that unless you make a profit per person in, say, for example, the current tax year, if you sold £10,000 of BrewDog shares this year, and you'd paid next to nothing for them, which is what happened for those people who invested early, you probably wouldn't have any tax to pay. I have to say probably because if you have other capital gains, like if you sold a second home or if you sold something on cash in the attic or something like that, then that all would uh, complicate your tax calculations. Essentially this year, everybody has £11,700 of capital gains tax allowance that they can make uh, profit without having to pay tax or do a tax return. So if anybody's selling below that sort of level, they'll they'll probably be okay. But anybody selling a large amount will need to make sure they know their tax liabilities before they commit to selling. Yeah, you can so tell you've done this for a long while because you, you get that word probably. I'm a tax accountant, <laughs> which is why. Yeah. Uh, however, I still did have to pay for professional advice on somebody who knew what they were doing on shares before I started trading. Uh, yeah. Because it is a very, very complex field. Well, we've kind of um, buried the lead a little bit there. So, yeah, I mean, the, the main reason I wanted to, uh, to to get you on was to to basically give you an opportunity to plug the the service that you provide. Um, now, I, I'll I'll fire straight in with a, a dumb question that you've kind of already answered anyway. But when I first noticed on the forum that you were selling shares, I thought, oh, are, are BrewDog okay with that? Are BrewDog okay with you even mentioning this on the forum? Because um, obviously the shares that you sell go for slightly below the rate that BrewDog was selling them for. So maybe you could talk about that and then and maybe just give us an overview of what it is that, that you actually do on this side of things as well. Well, what I probably should do is to tell you how I got into it. Um, essentially, when I discovered that our shares were worth an awful lot more than we uh, paid for them, uh, I, it timed about the same time as the TSG deal. And uh, there was a headline that said existing investors could sell 15% of their shareholding at the guaranteed price. And of course, at that point, we were very happy. That would give us a big chunk of money. In fact, more money than we put in, we would get back. But there was the small print, maximum sale, 40 shares. So basically, that meant that all we could sell was about 400 quid's worth of shares, which isn't going to make, uh, isn't a life-changing amount, I don't think, for anyone. So I started to look into what you could do. And BrewDog do allow trading. And through the forum, I found out that they were quite happy for us to advertise on the forum to existing shareholders if you wanted to sell. So I looked into it in a lot more detail and I regularly checked with BrewDog. I didn't want to upset the company for two reasons. Uh, first of all, I got a, a large investment in the company and I yeah. want the company to continue to do well. But also, if you're selling to other investors, you want to do it in, in, in the best way that we can to make sure that buyers and sellers are happy and that the company is happy as well. So uh, once it was clear with BrewDog that we could do it, um, I started to sell the number of shares that I wanted to sell so I could basically put some of our money into a different kind of investment. Because although BrewDog shares are great, if 100% of your savings are in one investment, that's not a very sensible thing to do. So we sold possibly 20 grand of our own shares. uh, And after that, I got approached by lots of other people saying, would you sell for me? And eventually I gave in and started to do it. Again, I checked with BrewDog first and they would be happy for me to do that. And, and they were very happy and also very helpful. I think they recognize that having liquidity of the asset is an, it makes it attractive for investors. So uh, they, they don't seem to want to stop us trading. In fact, they're quite happy to let us trade. 
Uh, okay, so it's it's not a case of, yeah, they, they, they wanted to come in and say, no, no, you can't do that because we're losing value. If anything, it helps them because it's, it, it takes the pressure off. They, they can go, look, if you're really unhappy, you know, there's, there's people out there who are doing share trading that will sort you out. So, oh, okay. The only thing to say is that the, the vast majority of people I've sold for, I've only sold a small number of their shares. Uh, we're talking about early investors who've had their money in the company for nearly 10 years. Uh, and on average, I would say those early investors have kept about 75% of their shareholding and have, all they've done is effectively rebalance their investments by taking something out of BrewDog. Yeah. I guess one other quick question then really is, is um, this must be a lot of work for you. Um, I mean, do you make any money out of it yourself or is this a, a more of a passion project at this point in time? It, it's a passion project and my my other half would tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm a tax accountant by trade, uh, and I do bookkeeping for a, a company in Manchester. And uh, the, my average rate per hour on my share trading certainly wouldn't trouble um, uh, my, uh, ta- my tax return into a great deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my tax I'm going to have to pay is based on the, ca- the the money we sold of our own shares. The trading itself has been more of a a, a bit of a hobby. Uh, than anything else. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, right, so if people want to find out more, uh, find out what they could get for their shares, or if they want to, of course, buy some shares, uh, where do you normally, I mean, obviously they can message yourself directly if they know you on the forum. Uh, where else would you direct them to normally? Well, I do have a website, but I'm going to have to update that with the news from James today, uh, because essentially I won't be doing any trading until after the trading day uh the official trading event has, has closed. Yeah. Uh, that's because trading takes quite some time uh, because of HMRC stamp duty requirements. So anything I sold after this week may not actually complete until after the trading day. And of course, if people have seen a price on the trading day and they've either paid or sold different to that, that would be a very unhappy experience. So rather than get myself mixed up in that, I suspended trading until we have the trading day completed. And I think that's fairer for everybody. Yeah, that makes complete sense. But, so, yeah. but basically, my website, if you go to www.ndfletcher, that's N for Neil, D for Derek, Fletcher, dot org, dot UK, slash Brewdog, that's me. You awesome. can also much easily just send an email to me at brewdog at ndfletcher.org.uk. Cool, Neil. I'll uh, make sure both of those links go in the show notes. Um, so... Uh, if folk listed on the podcast app, you should be able to just get to the show notes and click that link and then send Neil a question and bombard him and distract him from his day job that he tries to do. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily, I work in garden furniture, so the winter is the quietest time for me. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Uh, Neil, I'm, I know you've got things coming up this evening, so I'm going to let you go. Just to mention as well, it's uh, you. I grew up in Stoke-on-Trent. That's where I'm originally from, same as yourself. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I mm-hmm. went to University of Manchester, well, Salford, but Manchester, and then uh, now I live in Aberdeen. So it's uh, amazing we've not actually crossed paths before because we've kind of followed That's a similar right. route, all, all sort of, sort of. I, I think I might have been a few years before you. <laughs> yeah. I went to Aberdeen in 1984. All right, uh, okay. I didn't leave. I uh, left about six years ago, so... Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, Neil, um, on behalf of everybody that uh, you've traded shares for, and you know clearly from this conversation, you are doing this very much out of the goodness of your own heart. Um, really, really appreciate it. Um, I'll again just to remind everyone the links that Neil has just talked about. They are in the show notes. Uh, Neil, I'll let you get off and enjoy your evening. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us. 
Thank you very much, Rob. I really look forward to your podcast when it comes out. So, uh, and uh, say hello to Watty for me. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Cheers, Rob. Thank you. Bye bye. Neil is a very is a very active member on the forum. Uh, very switched on guy. Uh, used to be a councillor in Aberdeen, apparently. Oh. Um, oh. And he's. He really hammers home to people some of the important stuff that perhaps people don't think about when they're just randomly lumping five grand into Brewdog shares, like there's tax implications here, you know? Which so. people need to consider. And even little things like get your computer share accounts in order. If you're listening to this as a Brewdog shareholder and you haven't logged into your computer share account, make it the first thing you do after you finish listening to the podcast. Because if you want to do anything with your shares, that needs to be in order. Your Brewdog account is not the source of truth. Go and check computer share because that is. Logging in. Bruce, have you, do you, have you ever logged into your computer share account? What's computer share? <laughs> oh, amazing. Sigh. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, sorry to chat with me this week. Brilliant. Um, right, let's go to the very final section of the business, Blueprint. Uh, first up, BrewDog Foundation. The BrewDog Foundation is going well, um, and the Blueprint... Blue, why am I having trouble saying that now? Blueprint pledges that in 2019, they will give you at least $1 million to charities chosen by staff and EFPs. Uh, a nice touch that I spotted as well is that all staff get to donate a full day's work to charity too, which is quite significant when you think about the fact that they've now got over 1,500 employees. Mm. So that's a cool thing. Do they get to choose their own charity then? Yeah, I think so. Each, uh, yeah, um, and they just get a full day paid or, you know, to go and help. And yeah, I, I, I'm not sure you know how many staff take them up on that, but I mean, I imagine a good few do. So. I yeah. would. Yeah, exactly. Right, one I know that Emma's not delighted about next. Uh, Brewdog TV Network is going to become Drink.TV. Andrew, you asked James about this at the mm. Q after the Q&A, didn't you, on our interview? So I did. So I shall just play you in. So a couple of quickfire things just yes. to, to wrap up. Um, there's been a few questions around the change of name from the Brewdog TV Network to Drink mm. TV. I know you covered it in the session tonight, but <clears> for the listener's benefit, what's the rationale there? So, um, so the, the rationale is kind of twofold there. Firstly, it's kind of soft launch phase at the moment. Um, we didn't think the name was reflective of the content and of what we wanted to do. We think we got the name wrong. So I think the best thing to do is like hands up, we got the name um, wrong in this one. And for us, we want to create the kind of go-to content destination for Amazing Drinks content, not just our show. And our show is kind of less than 10% of the content on there. Also, for this to be viable as a business, we need to get it onto kind of bundled deals in the US and beyond, through things like Roku and in similar similar platforms. And their feedback very much was, at the moment, it feels too much like an advert for a company. It's not reflective of the content. We can't do anything with it under that name. So we kind of built the strategy with the partners that we need to make this this viable with as, as well. Uh, Martin's got a new show coming up in the network, which is a Beer Geek Bucket List. We've done episodes at, at Kernel, at Cloudwater, at Fierce, with new episodes to come. So there's like there's so much good stuff on there, and we're excited about the new strategy. Uh, the new strategy will also involve uh, price reduction as well, so there's more than that coming soon too. What, why is... Can you ask Emma why she's not happy with that? Um, so, Bruce, um, yeah. <clears throat> the weather, it's... Um, it's dark. It's a bit blowy up your way, isn't it? It is a bit blowy. It's a bit windy, as they see up, up further up north. 
I'll, uh, I'll ask mm. her now. Emma, what do you <laughs> think about that? I'm not actually here. I can't answer that. Idiot. <laughs> oh. Oh. She's, uh, she's getting a bit grumpy now. By the looks of it, too, dear. I think still more useful than Siri, though. <laughs> During TV, I, my, my first initial thought was it's a bit. Remember that, and James said this in the the Q and A that it's not a hundred percent Brewdog owned venture. It yeah. is a JV with yeah, uh, a studio out in LA. So, well, my hunch is as well. If it doesn't work out, it's much easier to sell the Brewdog share when it's called Drink TV mm. than it would be to sell yeah. something called the Brewdog Network. Yeah, fair enough. So it, it de-risks it a bit. Um, next up, uh, second to last one. After trying loads of different things, it seems that Brewdog are finally happy to commit to having no more plastics in the bottles and cans by 2019. Um, and so that cardboard box thing that we spoke about, this is on one of some of the earliest episodes, uh, I guess that has actually worked out really well in the end. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that's, you see it in the shops, you see it on shelves. Um, competitors are... Are using the similar idea. In fact, they're probably using it slightly before Brewdog as well. But I think, yeah, it's good to see. Save the turtles. Yeah, James made an interesting admission at the Q and A. I don't know how much he was actually joking, but he said he gets really annoyed when he goes into supermarkets and sees the boxes the wrong way up and goes round and starts correcting them. <laughs> <laughs> so he's actually working on a redesign to stop that from looking bad. Uh... Okay, uh, last one here. Ground has finally been broken uh, in Australia on the brewery. Uh, as with all these things, it took a little bit longer than they hoped, but actual holes in the actual ground are now being dug, so Brewdog Australia is officially underway, and all being well, it will be producing beer by August 2019. So how much is in the Patreon account for uh, a trip to the launch? Uh, well, if we can't really afford the airfare to go down to Metro Mayhem, I think we're a little way off from uh, <laughs> Australia. But, uh, I think Rob's yeah. for the bus fare in Aberdeen. Yeah, good point. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Brewdog News. Yeah, well worth mentioning also, that again. Was it? Byrobabeer.com as well? Byrobabeer.com, yeah, if you really want to give me a pint. But I'd, uh, if you can support the podcast on Patreon, it will make a big difference to what we can do. Right, you've heard our thoughts on the blueprint. Let's see what James himself said about how it's been received. So, Rob, who edits the podcast, he yeah. counted over 30 announcements today as part of Blueprint. So, of those, what's landed best with the EIP community and with the press, and what's landed worst? Um, well, as key members of the EFP community, what has landed best with the EFP community? I'm not going to mention Drink TV, James. <laughs> um, I'm from Clarkston. I'm from Clarkston, so I'm going to go into business with Tom and do a franchise bar. Yeah, I think the rather than kind of individual things, I think it's just kind of what it means for us a company and us kind of just making really firm commitments against the things that we believe in. I think a lot of the Scottish business press were really excited about the fact that with the Hop Pub, we've invested an additional 10 million. We've created 60 jobs in, in, in Scotland at a time of kind of uncertainty for the Scottish and the UK economy. So that one seemed to resonate well. I think with the Equity Punk community, they're on this journey because of beers. So I think all the beer things from the Oakage program to Cast coming back to 30 DIP to the Overworks beers has kind of landed really well with them as well. I'll tell you about a good thing I heard that he didn't say no to the idea of, of Andrew, you and Tom setting up a franchise in Clarkson. <laughs> I'm saying no. <though. laughs> uh, anyway, here we go really great points in there today it was a great read what is your personal favorite of the initiatives oh that's a good question um 
I think 30 the IPA just because I'm involved in the development of the recipe and that beer. The beer is amazing and just I love doing things that kind of shock people or push people into thinking about beer or thinking about something differently and we need to get people in the UK thinking about beer as a perishable product and not something that's got a long shelf life and can be shared at, stored ambient. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the development fund coming back, about working with Tio and Benny from Dope and Dank. I'm excited about Overworks beers launching again after the full start. I'm excited about plastics coming out of the packaging. Um, I'm excited about so so many things, but I think more than individual initiatives, what I'm excited about today is the fact that this is something we've built with our team and with our community, and this is something that kind of fundamentally underlines our kind of steadfast and resolute commitment to the things that we love most and the things that we're most passionate about, which is our beer, which is the fantastic people who work with our company and our community of over 100,000 equity punks. And as long as we just focus on, on that, we're going to get to where we need to as a company and we just need to make sure we focus enough on that yeah cool so there we are that's it we've covered an absolutely ridiculous amount of ideas initiative and commitments from Brewdog um, over these two podcasts as we had to split it it's going to be an exciting 2019 before we wrap things up uh, let's answer this question that I posed at the start of the last show as Nev says, is this 30 gimmicks wrapped up in one big gimmick? Andrew, what do you think? No. Bruce? No, definitely not. Because it's to expand on no, I think there's a lot of good stuff in here. I think the businesses needed this for a while. And it's not so much the content, it's more the intent that's there to yeah, reset the focus, to to really think long and hard about who they are as a business and that for me can only be a positive yes there's a couple of things that you'd say ah that's they're just doing that for the press or it's a bit of a gimmick but the, there's nothing really in there that you go that's ah, pointless yeah there's nothing which there's is, nothing there that you put your hands into your head and think oh no 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 there's not I, I can't see that at all from it wait when the boss says look these are the things that are important to us now this is what we're focusing on then, then it's brilliant. I, I, I really wish more companies that were 10, 11 years old would, you know, do something like this because, uh, you know, a lot of them just fall back into this, look, we're doing what we're doing, we're doing it well, where James takes a step back physically. Reevaluate. They go out yep. of the business, they go away, and they think, and they think what's actually important and what's important for the next year or so. Yep. so. I agree. Yeah, I, I I disagree, Nev. I honestly don't think it is. Yeah, there's a couple of things you could say, gimmicks, or a couple of things we've kind of heard about before, but you give that to your average person who's not on the forum, and they're probably just going to say and go, wow, this is really forward thinking. So, um, yeah, Emma, what do you think about the blueprint? I'm a computer. Stop asking me questions. Okay, so that's what she thinks. Andrew, should we talk about what happened at the very end of the interview that you did with James? Uh, well, so we recorded the last episode of this podcast about two and a half weeks ago, and it went out on air on the Monday, mid-afternoon. Monday evening, Cameron says, oh, do you want to interview James after the, the Q&A quickly? And this was maybe three hours after I may have slightly disparaged slagged off choose your word yes choose the word you want to his typewriter oh well i've actually got that audio let's listen to it from james to give clear direction i think it's a real positive for the business 
Yeah, but yeah, his, ty- so- his typewriter letters are really annoying. <laughs> yeah, his typewriter. It's it's in a it's a PDF and it's all look, made to look like it's on a typewriter. No, he, and now- he does actually have a typewriter. And oh, he does, it, does oh, he? And he and he scores out the mistakes he's made. I mean, Brewdog can't really be called hipster anymore. They're far too big for that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're on on his granny's typewriter. I mean, come on, just use it. I mean, he he posts Instagram videos showing his desk with his computer. Just use your computer. <laughs> This is not difficult. And then, I mean, just as long as it's not Comic Sans, don't mind. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's see how that conversation pans out, eh? Good stuff. Well, James, it's late. I'm sure you've had a busy and exciting day today, so we'll leave it there. On behalf of the podcast, on behalf of myself, I'm sorry for slagging off your typewriter on the most recent episode. <laughs> Did you? Oh, I didn't listen to that one. What the <laughs> wrong with my typewriter? <laughs> I, I like your computer. Okay. Leave it at that. But thanks for joining us. I, I know that uh, Rob wants to catch up with you and Ellen sometime in your yeah, future. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to have all you guys up to, to Ellen. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Um, I think it's fair. I think it's objective. I think it's fun. I think you guys nail it. So thanks for the support and thanks for having me on here tonight. You're very kind. James, what, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Did we, did you did he said that after the one that you weren't actually there for, Bruce. Just, actually, yeah. Just, yeah. So, yeah. I, I was just going to actually say that. Uh, Bruce, bad joke. Let's do it. Yeah, is um, is Brewdog opening a bar in South Korea in Seoul? No, they have already. Is this it's part of the joke? In Seoul, which is good news. Yes, um, because uh, I start a new job in Seoul next week. I just hope it's going to be a good career move. Are we telling the joke yet? <laughs> Please, Bruce, stop this. Your joke are awful. Delete your account. <laughs> Deleted. Okay. Right. Okay, that's it for this podcast. Next episode will be uh, after Metro Mayhem. We are going to be recording from a secret location. <clears throat> Brewdog showed it. Uh, in London, just before Metro Mayhem. Uh, a final mention for our Patreon campaign. Please visit patreon.com forward slash Brewdog News for all the details and that cool video that Kev from Border Digital helped us put together. Uh, let's give everyone a chance to say where you can be found online. Andrew, start off with yourself. Find me on the forum. I'm Andrew, amazingly. Excellent. Uh, Emma, what about you? I'm not here. Go away. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Bruce? Yes, you can find me at Brulafu on Instagram and... Yeah, Instagram. Just go there. Okay, and you can find me at Sunscream on Twitter. I'm the same Sunscream on the forums. You can also find out about my day job by visiting robertcooper.xyz. That's it for this week. Send us a voicemail to our local rate number 01224 518 501. You can email us studio at brewdognewspodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash brewdognewspodcast and our Twitter is at brewdognews. Show notes and past episodes are always available on our website at brewdognewspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. There's links on the website. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.